get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back to the 80th episode of the What Up Though podcast. Yes, sir. Number 80. It don't seem like it's been that many, man. I think we say that every other episode or some shit. How it's like the numbers grow and we like, yeah, it's not that many episodes, but damn, it's really been like. I can't believe it's been 81 episodes. Right. Like with the. 82. Oh, shit. Right, right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Like with the, with the growing number of like podcasts coming out, it's just. I'm just happy to say that we've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Because like, it's a new fucking podcast every week of somebody just doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to get lost in the scramble of like decent podcasts. <laughs> Nigga, we lost in the scramble of decent podcasts. <laughs> right. right. We're, not even talking po- about? <laughs> We're not even at the point of, of being acknowledged as, you know, uh, a longstanding decent podcast. And I just wonder, like, do... Do a lot of these folks feel like they're going to be able to, like, jump into some, like, instant stardom or some shit? Mm, possibly. Who knows? I mean, they could. Uh, Who knows yeah. what it takes to strike that lightning? Who knows? We we, we, we t- ain't found it yet. We totally haven't. <laughs> we totally haven't uh, found it yet. But I did notice that um, the podcast and color uh, Twitter page actually tweeted our episode. So, shout out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so where do we begin, man? We've had like a, a interesting week of news in the last uh, week. Um, well, let's start. Let's start easy. Let's start talking about, um, if you don't mind, talking about tonight's uh, Pistons event. Oh, okay, cool. cool did we cool. talk about the Ben Wallace shit? I don't think we did. If we did, I thought it was minimal. It might have been brief, but because uh, you went though the last. Yeah, and I think I did. I, th- I think I might have just talked about going, but um, I kind of at least for a little bit just want to talk about um, just kind of like everything that went down with uh, not not the what happened tonight as as in the retire not retirement the uh, Jersey retirement ceremony, but just kind of like brief thoughts on the Pistons' legacy as far as that team. So um well that that team which was which consisted of Rip, Ben Wallace, Rasheed, uh the guy who a, got his number retired tonight. A, <laughs> uh, Phillips <laughs> I like uh Tayshawn Prince. They that was by far probably my f- f- well, second to the eighty nine uh uh team. That I don't know. I think I like this team. I, I like this team more because I can relate to it more. I was older, a lot older. You know, I um I was, you know, when 88, 89, Pistons, you know, I was eight or nine years old. So it was like, you know, I was a fan as a kid, but I don't think I really, really got into being a, a really decent fan of the Pistons until that that team. And they won, what, 2004? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that was definitely the uh, – the time I was like a, a really super fan, and you know, I, I remember going down to uh, 
Hard palace? Rock. Oh. <laughs> who, who even say what? Oh, you said the Palace? Oh, like? no, no, no. I would definitely would at the Palace. But I remember being at Hard Rock when they won, and it was so dope to to just be amongst so many people downtown and, like, people literally, like, hanging on the street lights and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was so such a dope experience. Um, I was actually with my mom and... My girlfriend at the time, and it was it was it was awesome. I I don't think I've ever experienced that with any other team. I mean, haven't experienced Alliance at all, and I've never been a huge huge Red Wings fan. So, you know, never really got the opportunity. I mean, they've won you know in my lifetime a few times, and it never really was like oh great the Red Wings won. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was it was dope as hell. But to see uh, uh, um, Chauncey, goddammit. <laughs> Chauncey Billups, <laughs> yeah. To see Billups, um, yeah, his number raised was definitely a, a cool moment and it was well, well deserved. Um, so I, I think it was, that was a dope, it was a dope seeing that. Uh, it's funny, I didn't even realize it was today until you had, uh, um, mentioned that you wanted to watch it, you know what I'm saying, before, <laughs> before you know, before we start messing around with, uh, with our pregame and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So it was dope, though. It was dope. Yeah, we definitely got a unique experience with this team because we were both young when, when the Pistons originally uh, won their first two championships. But with this team, people our age or younger got to see this team actually grow. Whereas, you know, with us, it was like we came in on the on the good shit. You know, it was like I started watching the Pistons in 88, and they were already good at that point. So it's a totally different and unique feeling to watch a team reach their low and then go all the way to the top, especially when it's a team comprised of, for the most part, throwaways from other teams. Like, it, it wasn't like... Like, now in the NBA, it's, like, all superstars. And it's like, okay, we're going to comprise our team full of superstars from various other teams. So, it's like, okay, we're going to save our money. Well, not save our money. Like, they're broke like us. But, like, we're (laughs) going to pool our money. And we're going to say, hey, I want that superstar and that superstar and that superstar. And then we're going to get our team together and we're going to win the championship. Whereas with that team, it was like. That that team was the the epitome of of no stars. Like, there was not, you know, a. You know, on any given night, you know, any any player could, you know, put up, you know, star numbers or and even if they didn't, you know, it was such an equal, you know, uh, contribution, you know, with that team. And I, I don't think we've really seen a team like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a championship team, a championship team comprised of guys who. I mean, none of these guys are going to probably going to make the Hall of Fame like these aren't none of these guys were stars. Nope. And we had the privilege of watching uh, a team that looked like they were going to be good when they got, like, Grant Hill and shit like that. They made the playoffs, and it was like, okay, this might be a team for the future. And then Grant Hill decides he wants to bail, and it's like, well, now what? Right. And Joe Dumars took, like I said, scraps from other teams, really. It was like... Ben Wallace was a nobody. Uh, Chauncey Billups was like probably one of the bigger busts at that point. This is a guy who was drafted third overall in the in the draft, and to that point, in his career hadn't done shit. Do you remember who, who the two that came before him? 
not off the top of my head, but I could probably, if I thought about it, I could probably remember. But, um, yeah, he was drafted third overall, kind of hadn't done shit yet. Uh, he pulled Rip from, like, Rip was like a young, kind of like pro- burgeoning prospect on Washington playing under um, Jordan when Jordan was uh, uh, in charge of that team. Grabbed him, drafted Tayshawn, and it was like it just it was really just like nothing that looked good on paper at all. So and, I just looked up the two that came before him. Tim right. Duncan, okay, was one, and Keith Van Horn was two. <laughs> Keith Van Horn, <laughs> Keith Van Horn. That's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting. Um, <laughs> Can't argue against who. What what were the next ones after him? Like run off like maybe like the next ten. Antonio McDaniels was fourth. Tony uh, Batty. Was it Batty? Battier? No. Tony Batty. Is it Battier? B-A-T-T-I-E? Yeah, that Battier? Battier, yeah. Yeah, Tony Battier, fifth. Ryan Mercer was sixth. Tim Thomas, seventh. Uh, Adano Foya was eighth. McGrady was ninth. Um, Tenth was uh, Danny Fortson. So, so in that top ten, you got three guys that turned out to be decent. Yeah, and then it just and, really, and one Hall of Famer. Wait, what was the last one? The number nine? Uh, oh, McGrady. So, McGrady was nine. Uh, yeah, so uh, a, an all-time great, a guy who turned out Chauncey to be pretty good, and McGrady, a guy who turned out to be great, but injuries might have hampered, hampered his career enough to where he might not even make the Hall of Fame. And that's in the top ten. And, so and it's yeah, a, a draft class, and it's a bunch of like I don't know who these niggas is, <laughs> right? So yeah, I, but I mean, still, this is a guy wait. who was third. Wait, what? So I'm looking at I'm looking at Mark Jackson. Which Mark Jackson no. is this guy? Not no, not that Mark Jackson. Yeah, I looked at the age and I was like, it don't make sense. But I don't even remember a Mark, another Mark Jackson in the league though. He must not have ever amounted anything. It's not the same guy, definitely. Yeah, definitely not the same one. But I just, I did the name. Just like I don't even remember another. It, it's like the most random is Charles O'Bannon. You remember uh, Charles O'Bannon? No, 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 no. no. I he remember. Him. I'm sorry. I remember Charles O'Bannon. We drafted him, but I'm just saying the, the random of a people. Like I'm looking through these names of lists and. Kelvin Cato, uh, <laughs> Austin Crozier, he was there. That yeah. Derek Anderson, yeah. I remember him. But oh, Bobby Jackson came out that year. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Bobby Jackson, what the fuck was, what the fuck was nice Bubba, Bubba Wells? That I don't know. I mean, well, I remember the name, but no, nothing came out of that. Oh, Steven Jackson came out that year. That's interesting. I didn't know he came out there. Yeah, Bobby but Jackson just, crafted a nice little spot as yeah. a six man on that that bomb ass uh, Sacramento Kings team. Yep, yep. In the uh, early two thousands. But yeah, it's, it's just. I mean, other than that, you know, I was trying to look and see if there's any late round guys that were actually decent. And is, is from what you've named, Stephen Jackson sounds like the best late, late, later guy in that group. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who these. Uh, I don't know who these dude was. But yeah, um, at, that, at that point, Chauncey was widely considered not a bust because it was still fairly early but like i mean chauncey was basically not living up the potential at that point he was no, just like a totally guy like hey we got that number three pick but he hasn't really done shit so far and then they drafted tayshawn and it was kind of just like 
this is just a bunch of guys who what's going to happen here and mm-hmm. to watch them it is it is unique because for me I didn't watch the original team get totally created like I watched that team lose in the finals and then and then win and it was great to watch that team but I didn't watch that team when they sucked and then they became good. So with the 04 team, by that point, I had been watching the Pistons for, you know, what, uh, 16 years. And there was nothing really that had happened. And to watch this ragtag group of nobodies transform into champions was that that's definitely a unique experience and that'll always hold a place with me like i i don't i don't know i would imagine that i would hope that before i die say i die at you know say i actually make it the old age before i die hopefully the pistons can win again before you know or hopefully multiple times before that point right. but <clears throat> that team is always going to hold a special place just because of the unexpectedness of that squad like I never, I never saw that coming, and people always would look to me as like the Pistons guy. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I remember specifically in '04, even after they got Rasheed, because I mean everybody knows Rasheed was Rasheed was the turnaround. That was when they when they got over the hump when they got Rasheed at the deadline. And I remember when they picked up Rasheed at the deadline. I, I said, I think that this team now with Rasheed can possibly win the East. And I remember when they got him too. Man, cuz he was he was in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah I think was yeah, it he was Atlanta. some kind of trade or pickup from Atlanta? Yeah, we got him from yeah. Atlanta and he was in Atlanta just for a hot second. Yeah. Like it was it wasn't like he had been in he was in Atlanta for a hot second and then we got him and it was it was a big deal. He was still he was still elite at that time. And he was a uh, prior to that had been a huge part of uh, Portland's success prior, and we knew. I mean, we all knew that Rasheed Wallace was a great player at that point, but it was kind of like, is he going to be that piece to take him over the hump? And like, even me as a diehard fan, I, I try to keep my bias out of it. But I thought like the way we were playing at that point and prior prior to that season, like we had O two, we had lost in like. Um, I think the the second round of Boston and like we had lost to New Jersey prior to you know, it was like is is Rasheed gonna take us over the hump? And I felt like he can he can make this team the Eastern Conference champion. And we ran off like I think after the all star break at some point, like a thirteen game win streak and it was everything was looking great. And in the playoffs everything was looking really good. They had some tough series, particularly the uh, series against New Jersey in the second round, and everything was going really good. But I never, even as good as they were and as well as they were playing, they they were setting all these uh, these defensive records. I even in my wildest dreams, like as much as I like to think that they're better than they are currently playing, I never really thought that a championship was coming in '04. I just thought like we can win the East because the Lakers were doing their whole thing. They were doing, they, they started this shit, the shit where we're just going to comprise team full of superstars. The Lakers started that. And that, that specific year, they started that when they picked up Carl Malone, they picked up Gary Payton 
And yeah, they were really trying. They were they trying. Were really trying. And I I don't know. I just never really thought that a championship was possible. And I know for me, when I look back at that year, I don't even really think of the finals because the finals were pretty unique. We we whooped the Lakers soundly. Like there was never really <laughs> there was never really a point where it looked like that we weren't gonna win that series. Like I, I thought I was pretty confident in the Pistons winning that series after the first two games. Because they won the first game in L.A., and then they lost the second game in, like, overtime on a Kobe Bryant buzzer beater or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember uh, my friend Doty hit me up, and he was like, man, I know you must be pretty disappointed tonight about that, you know, the loss that the Pistons had. And I told him, I was like, if that kind of performance is what the Lakers have to do to win at home, I don't like their chances of winning this series. Yeah. And then the next three games were all at the Palace, and they were all slaughters. Like, all the all the three games here were blowouts. And the, the championship series was actually pretty non-eventful. Like I say, it was, it, like they say, we, we started – not started because it hasn't really happened since, but that series coined the term five-game sweep. And – for me, the the Eastern Conference Finals is what I remember the most from that year against the Pacers. But um, yeah, to watch that team grow was was really unique, and it's always going to hold a really special place for me. Um, tonight's ceremony with Chauncey was um, it was definitely a great ceremony, and it really for me was the the most impactful part. Part of it was the fact that Isaiah was there, so it was completely <laughs> irrelevant to everything that had to do with Chauncey. But um, a semi-controversial controversial opinion, I didn't really care about this ceremony. And that is unique among most people that I know. Because I've actually attended every single Jersey retirement ceremony post-Isaiah Thomas, and including Isaiah Thomas. I've been to all of them. And because they were that important to me. And I this one wasn't really that important to me. And it was because for me, Chauncey was he was our point guard on, on a great team, but I never really had a connection to Chauncey. I never really felt like Chauncey was the reason that the Pistons did what they did. So I just kind of I just kind of felt like the Chauncey shit, it just it, it just didn't really hit home with me, especially because I didn't really care for how his tenure here ended. Like I didn't think that he. I think one of the one of the reasons that the Pistons didn't win more championships than they did is because of their underdog mentality that they had starting out. Quickly turned into a cockiness. And an arrogance where they felt like we don't have to try as hard because we can always come back and win. And I felt like Chauncey kind of initiated a lot of that cockiness. That, that, that oh, we'll be fine. We can always turn it on. And he always seemed like if things were going really bad, he didn't give a shit. It was like, oh, well, we'll be fine. And we could turn it on and we'll win. And I remember there was a point, and I can't remember now to this day what it what exactly the... Uh, circumstances were in this game but there was some game where the Pistons were losing and he did something f- really fucked up 
and it really turned the tide of the game, and the Pistons were looking really bad in that game, and he was just walking around laughing and didn't really give a shit. And I, I that just really bothered me because I thought, like, man, we're trying to defend a championship here, or or maybe it might have been two years later. I don't know, whenever it was, but I just felt like he he wasn't taking it seriously enough at that point, and it it, it never sat well with me after that to see him like laughing and goofing off when the Pistons were getting their ass kicked in a pivotal game with this whole pretense of like, oh, we'll be straight. Yeah, I, I could see how that would definitely uh, bother you, bother just fans, period. Um, no one else really felt that way, though. I don't know. I, his, I, his... I, I, I vaguely remember that whole situation. Um, but I, I mean, but I, I can see that being, you know what I'm saying, a definite like turn off and shit. The way that entire team devolved didn't really sit well with me. Like, uh, a lot of those guys left under circumstances that just didn't lend well to holding a good place in my heart. Like, I didn't care for the way his tenure ended. I didn't really care for the way Rip's tenure ended. I just, I don't know. I, I Because of that, that really soured me on Chauncey the way I felt like he was like the ringleader of this. Um, I don't give a shit if we're losing right now. It's no big deal. We can turn it on. And he, he just kind of, he kind of, I feel like he anchored the, what turned into a cocky, arrogant kind of uh, attitude of the team, which contrasted greatly with the really work hard chip on our shoulder kind of team. Right. And I felt like he kind of spearheaded that. So that always kind of, that always kind of fucked with me, and which is why Ben Wallace, for me, is the the focal point of that team because that his attitude was what that team was built around. And I always say, like, if Chauncey were replaced with another player, no, they probably wouldn't have won a championship. But I feel like they would have been better served with someone other than Chauncey than they would have been with someone other than Ben Wallace. I feel like that team doesn't exist without Ben Wallace. That greatness doesn't exist. That championship doesn't exist without Ben Wallace. He was the anchor and the center point and the focal point of what made that team great. Mm-hmm. And that never changed. He never seemed like he was taking plays off or like he didn't take shit seriously. He always played hard. He was always great. And his his hard work and his defense and what he did was what made that team great and it was also um it also signified what their mantra was at the time and it also it kind of changed the way at least for a short time period the way a successful team was created and built before that and even after that Nobody ever really thought that you could build a team around a defensive guy and that a a defensive guy who doesn't score points at all is the best player on your team. Like that was never that never I'm not going to say never, but largely prior to that and af- definitely after that that scenario was never that never existed. And I felt like he kind of changed the NBA in a way, at least for a short time period. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think there's there's no teams now that go for defensive. And, and the thing, the Pistons done that at least twice. Yeah, with him and Rodman. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there, there's been other teams that's been picking up specific, specifically defensive orientated people. Like you know, it just didn't happen. You know, yeah. Everybody wanted to, uh, you know, players to score, and and if they, you know, they had to have you know rebounds, you know, <clears throat> as well. So yeah, you're right. I, I yeah, definitely right. I just feel like twenty years from now, when we look back at that team. The mantra of that team was hard work, going to work, you know, playing hard every night. And I feel like Ben Wallace embodied all that and that his his style of play infected that team. Like, this is what we're all going to do. And it was a recipe for success at that time. And I feel like Chauncey didn't have that sort of impact. To where I would value his jersey retirement to the point that I valued Ben's. On the plus side, excuse me, on the plus side of Chauncey shit, um, I would say that even though the way he ended his time here didn't sit well with me, while things were going well, he was a pivotal part of the team. He did lead the team. He was our point guard. He did do a great job. He played, I think, to a degree beyond his, uh, not just his expectations, but his, almost beyond his means. Like, if you look back at Chauncey Billups' career, you wouldn't say that this is a guy who's like a a 20.7 assist type of guy. He just had that while he was here. And I think, mm-hmm. again, that was part of the culture that was going on here at the time. And one, still, one of my uh, uh, several of my best memories revolve around Chauncey. Like his his uh, long three against New Jersey in the playoffs in that same year was epic. And I, I still, to this day, feel bad that I didn't actually see it when it happened. <laughs> I was uh, actually driving home from work, and I had the game on the radio. And when that happened, I I, I completely spazzed out driving. It was it sucked that we still lost that game. But that game was – and that, that's actually one of the rarely mentioned aspects of that is that that huge three that he made in that game from beyond half court actually ended up in the game that we lost. But that game turned the tide in that series somehow, and we ended up pulling it out. And then I also also gained a real affinity for his, his actual Mr. Big Shot moniker because it really was true. He was He was a guy that – at his peak with this team was on like almost damn near like a Reggie Miller type of level of like, if we're down by two points at the end of the game, we're going to Chauncey Billups and there's a strong possibility. He's going to knock down that three to win this game. And he did it a lot. And I think that's separated, you know, you having the, uh, no star type team, Mm -hmm. but you knew that if it came down to it, it would have been him. Yeah. The shot. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? so absolutely. It would have been him. So And he and he did it and he pulled it off and he was graded with it. He he got it was funny, I almost felt kind of like not more knowledgeable, but I almost felt like the opposing teams didn't do their homework. Cause I would watch him and the way he played, and I could tell by his body language when he was gonna take that shot. And it's almost like the other teams couldn't even tell. Even watching the highlights tonight. When they ran off, uh, you were upstairs, but they ran off a little highlight reel on TV prior to uh, the ceremony, which I'm sure paled in comparison to the one that they ran off at the Palace. 
because I, I saw on Twitter that they were running one uh, while we were, while they were on commercial on TV. But in, even in the highlight reel that they ran off, I was watching and I was like, I could still tell by his body language when he's going to shoot that shot. And he would shoot it, knock it down, man, when we needed it the most. And it was, it was great. Every guy on that team contributed in a way that in and of itself might not have been hugely impactful, but combined with the specific attributes of everyone else in the starting lineup, mm-hmm. it just made for a great team. Like Tayshawn was that guy who could who could shut down that the other team's big defender. His best, my best memory is him blocking fucking Reggie running yeah. down the court. Like that, that was, I mean, Tayshawn, you know, he had he was just, he was a great player, but and I don't I can't think of any specific other times he've had but that was the probably the most memorable that of his whole career but yeah he had never get he had never i don't think tayshana ever i'm surprised he's still playing like we he's been at both uh it just worked out that he's been at both uh uh retirements you know from being to you know chelsea's mm-hmm. and i'm like it just works out great that his schedule because i know he's I'm, 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 his I mean, he's still playing somewhere i think yeah, he plays i feel for like memphis. he is i'm not 100 percent on I it i feel though. like he's still i feel like he plays for memphis man that's what I, I mean i know that's where he last played but i feel like he got traded or some shit like he went to a different team but i don't know i'm, I'm not 100 percent on where tayshawn is right now but wherever no, he, plays he is timberwolves Okay, so either way, he's still playing. No clue. I had no clue you played for the right, team. Right, well, I, thought I guess he, played. he just lucked out that Minnesota didn't play. <laughs> right, right. I, I thought he played. For, and, and I wonder did they do the scheduling like that because he, he's the only active one, I think, that's still playing. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, he's the only active one. But what's funny today is that, you know, I mean, Mimic Core, he was at the last, he was at Ben's, um, but. Uh, I was sh- kind of shocked to uh, to see uh, Antonio McDice. McDice, yeah, that I was totally, nice. and that I kind of nice. just kind of forgot about him, man. Antonio uh, McDice, he was a great story on that team. Actually, well, no, he wasn't on that team. Actually, he no, was on. He came after the fact. Yes, he came after the championship. A big, a big thing was trying to get a ring. Get him that he one. was there, right? He, but, but he was big on the old five team, man. He was he was big. He was a, he was a big fan favorite, and he was great. He was great for us. And this is a guy who um, I can't remember his uh, his draft number, like where he was drafted. But this is a guy, Antonio Dice was a guy who coming out coming into the league was a, a big deal. And this is a guy who was an all-star prior. He was doing really big things, and then he got hit with a, a really bad injury that he never really recovered from. But then he came here and he saw some resurgence and he he really prospered while he was here and he was a big fan favorite. He was very pivotal to uh their success in 05. So yeah, uh Dice was great, man. He was great while he, he was, was here. He was drafted. I'm looking at online right now. He was number 2 pick when he came out. Yeah. In 95. Oh, okay. I was going to guess 96. Yeah. No, no. Uh, no, not 96. 96 is the goat the goat draft year, I think. But uh, yeah, ninety five. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I can't currently figure out who's number one. But yeah, that's just nuts. I was so I was that was cool to see him. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Th- I I just really hadn't thought about that dude. Like at all. <laughs> yeah. So I actually hadn't either. And then I saw him. I was like, oh shit, dice. Yeah, he was a uh, he was hot shit while he was here. But yeah, all those guys played their role, man. Tayshawn. 
my first memory, my se- I would say my second best memory of Tayshaun behind the block was um in uh I want to say 2003 when they played Orlando in the first round. His, oh, okay. His rookie year, and uh they went down. It was the first year that they implemented the seven ro- seven game series in the first round, and they were down three okay. games to one to Orlando. And Tracy McGrady was talking all that shit about, oh, it's gonna be nice to get out the first round and all that shit. And they were the eight seed. The Pistons was like the number one. And then I I remember saying like, I think they should put the rookie. I, I didn't I didn't even respect him enough to say his name. Uh, they should put the rookie in the game and let him guard McGrady because like, Tayshawn had the length, he had the quickness. He had the defense. I was like, they should put the rookie in there and let him guard Tayshawn. At that point was when they started putting Tayshawn in the game and having him guard McGrady. And he really, he really locked McGrady up in that series. And we ended up winning that series, winning them three games in a row. And it was because of Tayshawn and his defense. So like everybody had their role in that team. Ninety five was the uh, was an interesting uh, draft year. So McDice went second. <laughs> Joe Smith was first. Oh, yeah. yeah Jerry yeah. Stackhouse was third. Rasheed came fourth. Kevin Garnett, fifth. And then other random asses. Uh, <laughs> looking through the list, uh, Damon Stoudemire was seventh. Sean Respert, who played Michigan Sean State. Respert, yeah, he was on state. Yeah. And then it was just, it goes down the line of just Cherokee Parks. You remember that dude? He yeah, was a big he's white a white dude, dude from, from Duke. Uh, Duke. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, Cherokee Parks. Theo Ratliff. Came out 18th. He had a nice little. He had a nice little time with us. Yep. Uh, Michael did, Michael Finley played for us at some point, didn't he? Re- like briefly, I think so. Yeah, he came out that year, and then it just kind of go. Greg Ostertag. <laughs> did Shaq smack him in the he, game? I feel like yeah. I feel like actually he did. He did because uh, fuck uh, the roots. Had a uh, in one of their songs, uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying uh, something, something smack him, smack him like Shaq did Oster Tag or some <laughs> shit like that. But hey, for shits and giggles, pull up the '96 draft. Ah, oh, shit. Or is it '97? Pull up '96. I get, I get the two confused. But for shits and giggles, pull up the '96 draft and read the first. So just any- keep reading until you, until you're stop, until you stop being in awe. <laughs> okay, so Iverson was first. That's the one. Camby okay. was second. Sharif Adu Rahim was third. Marbury was fourth. Ray Allen fifth. Tonio Walker sixth. And then it just stopped getting interesting after that. No, keep going. Oh, and then you get down to 13 was Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was scrolling. I was like, wait, wait. Uh, Paige Stoakovich. 14, Steve Nash, 15. <laughs> yeah. Jermaine yep. O'Neal, 17. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's the one right yeah, there, Yeah, that, that, that year. I think other than the year that wasn't uh, the LeBron came out, that was probably one of the better years. Yeah, that, that was another great one. Yeah. So, I was – oh, another that I was looking at. So, I went back to, like, 2001, and it's only showing, like, five people, but uh, the Pistons. Elfman Stackhouse was here. Corliss Williamson was here. And do you remember Mikey Moore? Yeah. Yeah, he was here that year. Oh, and Mateen Cleaves. Yeah. That's when he played. Mm-hmm. Then you go to 2002. I think that's when Rip and Chauncey was here. Um, Man, I think Mehmet Okor 
and Tayshawn came. Did they? Did all three of them, uh, Rip, Chauncey, and Tayshawn, come the same year? Do you recall that happening the same year? I mean, internet could be. I, you know, I don't recall. I, I the only thing that I recall for sure is when we drafted Tayshawn and when we got Ben Wallace. Um, I feel like. Ben was first, and then mm. everything else came after that. I'm not 100%, but I remember getting Chauncey from Boston. We got Rip from Washington, drafted Tayshon, and like you said, we got Rasheed from Atlanta at the trade deadline uh, in 04. Um, I don't remember the years, though, but I'm pretty sure Ben was first because he was involved in the Grant Hill situation. The... On paper, that looks like the shittiest trade ever, but it was uh, Grant Hill for um, Ben Wallace and Chucky Atkins. Chucky Atkins. <laughs> Man, I remember. Yep. Now, did he end up coaching after that? Not here. I mean, maybe, but not here. I don't know why I thought he was coaching, but yeah. So, good times for the Pistons this night. I was uh, definitely, definitely cool to see uh yeah, his number go up. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I'm, and, I'm I'm good about it. I'm good about another, it. And, and off the subject of of him, I really really am curious to know how old is his kids. Like his, oh, I'm not gonna put that. I'm not gonna put that on. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna put that on record. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll figure it out in a later date. Yeah, um, Wikipedia is here for that. Shouts out to him. Yeah, so. Other than uh, that, uh, so Super Bowl. Uh, did you did you watch our Super Bowl? I did. Um, cool thing about that, um, I picked up Michael. Uh, was it that same day or the day before? Was that? I think it, no, it was the same day. I picked up Michael the same day, and um, I had to stop at Walmart to get groceries. And I, I figured, you know, you Walmart, Walmart. Yeah, yeah. I figured Walmart's going to be a clusterfuck. Godspeed. At uh, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday, it wasn't that bad actually. It was it was pretty straight. But um, I took Michael to Walmart and we're walking in. And I'm like, you know, the Super Bowl is tonight, right? Do you know what that is? He was like, Yeah, I know what that is. And then he even took it a step further. He's like, It's the Carolina Panthers or the Denver Broncos. I'm like, All right. <laughs> and then he took it another step further. He's like, Can we watch the Super Bowl? I'm like, Hell yeah, we can watch the fucking Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we can watch it. Yeah, so. Uh yeah, so we all uh me and my wife and Michael we all watched the Super Bowl the whole game. Well, Michael fell asleep um uh sometime in the third quarter, but yeah, we all watched we all watched it. Yeah, yeah, we we actually did grow like household full fucking three hundred some dollars grocery shopping, like full fledged yeah. grocery shopping. Yeah, you checked in at multiple grocery stores yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah, cause so I was. We woke up Sunday and we like, so what shopping you want to do? And I'm like, well, actually, this is Saturday. And I'm like, I don't want to do regular shopping because I know grocery stores are going to be packed. I'm like, so let's just shop for the stuff we want to get for the Super Bowl. And then we do that Monday. That was my plan. That was my plan. But that was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, fuck it. Let's just do the damn thing. So Sam's Club, Myers, mm. shit was just up. It actually wasn't that bad because we was out pretty early, but all of the like the Super Bowl type foods were mm-hmm. done, right? Like sausages, 
hamburgers, chips, all that shit was just like, it was just a major, like, just, just clusterfuck of shit. But, you know, we got finished probably about, I don't know, two o'clock by the end, you know, cat home and so forth. So I just stayed home. I got, I had a bunch of invites for like Super Bowl parties, but my mom was supposed to come over, but then she played us and she <laughs> went over somebody else out. So then my nephew just, my nephew just came over and then it was just, we just, yeah, but I don't know. I didn't, um, I didn't think the commercials this year was all that great. I, yeah, me neither. I, I missed the very beginning actually because of a of a wing stop situation, which wing you would think getting wings on Super Bowl Sunday would be shit, and it was. But what I did was I went to wing stop at uh four thirty five o'clock. No, 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 it wasn't that late. It was um. I'm like that's actually no, yeah, actually it probably was four thirty actually, and I went in there and I thought, let's see what happens. And it was 4.30. It wasn't that crowded. So I, I placed my order, and they said it's going to be about an hour. So I'm like... Why you were there? Yeah. I placed it, and they said it would be about an hour. An hour? Yeah. What the fuck are you supposed to do for an hour, though? Hey. An hour? Yes, an hour. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but no, that's just... that's When I, when I tell you the rest of it, an hour sounds great. An so hour? I left. Yeah, but... So I said an hour... Fuck it. That's 5.30. Fuck it. So me and Michael left. We did other shit. We came back. Got back at about... Not quite 5.30, but maybe like 5.15, 5.20, something like that. It was mad crowded. Everybody in there mad as fuck. There were people in there who said that they placed online orders the day before for a, like a 5.30 pickup. So... If you're Wingstop, you got people who placed orders. And, and here's the thing, too. Not only do you have a bazillion orders, individual orders for wings for Super Bowl Sunday, but nobody's ordering like, hey, let me get 10 wing combos. Like, everybody like is ordering like 50 wing combos, 100 wing combos. Everybody is back there. Like, the entire Wingstop staff is in the back cooking wings and shit. A bazillion people in there. All of them ordering like 50 wings a piece. All this craziness. And everybody in there is mad as fuck. They're like, I ordered my wings this time ago. I ordered my wings this time ago. What's going on? Blah, blah. Everything was in, completely insane. And it, got, and it was so crazy that I, did, I wasn't even mad that when I came back an hour later that my shit wasn't ready. Because I'm like, I'm looking at the situation like, why would I even expect my shit to be ready given the circumstances? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to sit here and chill out. I came in, I asked if it was ready, it wasn't. So I was like, I'm going to sit here and chill out for a little bit, see what happens. And I'm just watching people who came in say that they ordered however many hours ago and their shit wasn't ready. And I think actually the flaw was that they ordered online or that they called in. Because you got the combination of that thinking like, if you call in your order, obviously you expect it to be ready when, when you set it to be ready. Whereas people who just come in, you think, you know... So who had, who had the advantage coming in or putting the order online? Coming in had the order. I mean, had the advantage because like my shit worked out. Like it didn't actually end up being an hour, but it was like, I think I got my order like just after six o'clock and I was in awe that I got that shit. They called my name and I audibly was like, holy shit. 
Like, and everybody's looking at me like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I have no fucking clue how I got my fucking order. Like, there are people in there in, insanely mad for how long they've had to wait for their order and how long in advance they placed it. It was it was a complete clusterfuck. I feel really bad for all the Wingstop employees because, like, they were all back there working hard as hell and then getting yelled at for the customers. And everybody was justified. Like, you are justified in being mad if you place your order 24 hours in advance and it's not ready. You're justified if you place it three hours in advance and it's not ready. And, but at the same time, it's not like they're just, like, dicking around. Like, they, they were out there. They were back there working their asses off. And it's like... People are out there placing 50-wing orders, 100-wing orders. You can't just, like, pump out a 100-wing order just like that. It's, that's not how it works. So, you basically, if you look at it, they're pumping out thousands of wings, like, <laughs> at an insane clip. And at the same time, they got people yelling at them. So, it was a shitty situation. Which uh, location y'all go to? I went to the Livonia one. And oh, what's okay. ironic about that is when I tried to order online, it said that um, the online ordering was disabled because they were closed for the holiday, it said. And I was like, holiday? I was like, I told my wife, I was like, it sounds like they just don't feel like working. Like, they, like, closed for the holiday. The Super, Super Bowl Sunday is not a holiday. Yes, it is probably the shittiest day for a wing place for the entire year, but it's, no but it's not a holiday. holiday. <laughs> and I, the only reason I went was because I drove by. I saw they were open. I was like, well, fuck it. Let me see what, what I can make happen. But yeah, uh, I ultimately got my order. But uh, long story short, I got home shortly after. Um, I don't know if the game. I don't, I don't know if the game has started. As in, no, I think game kick- started like six. Yeah, no, the game has started already. I got home at like six forty, six forty five, something like that. The game had already started, but barely. And um, but so I missed a little bit. Like I missed because I know there were still commercials for like. During like the national anthem and all that shit, so I miss I miss some stuff. I got home actually just after the, uh, I know I, I just missed the um, Captain America Civil War trailer, but I had already I, I saw it online. But yeah, well I will say what was kind of cool that you probably that you missed was that they did a uh, they did all of the M- they did all of the MVPs who were alive oh, from wow. Super Bowl one to fifty. Oh wow. So that was pretty cool. Was Joe Montana there? Yep. Oh yeah, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Uh, mm. Man, uh, it was it was it was dope. So they had them all walk out and stuff like that. So they caught them all for the, at least like I say. So I think they had I think they had one person almost from every Super Bowl from first up to fifty. So that was pretty dope. I think they had one year where it was, it was co MVPs, but the one dude that died, did <laughs> die, excuse me. Uh, so, but that was kind of cool. Other than that, it wasn't. Re- the thing is, they started they started Super Bowl pre TV shit at like two o'clock. Like, who the fuck is watching this shit at two o'clock though? Like, they started that shit at like eleven in the morning, dog. Well, like, maybe I saw it like just the, at two. The pregame shit. I'm just like, like pre- how? Yeah. What? I mean, granted, I mean, it is the last, the last football of of the you know of the season. But, but you really gonna watch pregame for seven hours? I'm not. I was over uh, uh, Anthony's uh, cigar home. I was at his house for a little while. And was kind of watching the shit just in the background. But I was like, I couldn't have watched this shit all day. Mm-mm. Like, I wasn't even home for the most part. Like, I didn't really get home <laughs> to, like, 
shit. Actually be able to sit down and chill, probably about five thirty. But can you imagine how much of our lives we would get if the if the Lions were playing the Super Bowl? I would watch seven hours of First pre-game. Off, I would have no been up at problem. seven AM and I just have been sitting on the couch not moving like fuck shopping. There is nothing popping. Just today. watching all seven hours so of I guess the, talk I guess, about the Lions. I guess that's how you Bowl. know Carolina fans or Broncos fans were. Yeah. You know, just sitting there the whole time, just like I'm not moving. If yeah. the Lions were in there, I would have not moved the whole not, time. No, not at all. I would have had everything on like tables and shit around me. <laughs> you know, so I got my drinks here, got my food here. Man, I'd have had everything. Though. Can you imagine? Though? Like, it's, it's funny because like in the in the entirety of our lives, obviously that's never been a factor. And I've always thought they've started Super Bowl coverage early for as long as I can remember. Like that 11, 12 o'clock mm. shit with the earliest pregame. They've been doing that. As long as I can remember. And I've always thought, like, why the fuck do you have seven hours of fucking pregame? Like, who's going to watch this? But then I think to myself, like, if the Lions were the Super Bowl, I would watch every fucking second of that shit. I would have been there the whole time, so. The whole fucking time, man. So, yeah. I would love that. And and I would love it the entire time, just sitting there, just like, oh, this is so great. Man, I, I can't wait for this I fucking game. I would have found all kind of, like, Lions garb on. I would have had my, <laughs> my Lions throw, yeah. my hat, my Hell fucking yeah. socks. I would have been drinking coffee from my Lions mug. Man, I hope we get that day so bad, man. Because, like, if you think about all the shit, like, none of that shit matches the NFL, man. So it's like the Red Wings can win all their Stanley Cups. The Pistons can win their championships. The Tigers can do what they do, man. They can win their World Series. But, man, if if the Lions are in the Super Bowl, it will be like nothing we have ever seen, dog. Like, I, I, man. I feel like everybody around me. Oh, that shit would be so I'd say, like, everybody around me would know the 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 how much that would impact me to not, like, fuck with me. Like, there's, <laughs> right. there's not no – I'm not going to no fucking parties. I'm sitting on my couch in front of the fucking TV. So you can understand that because that's how I felt with the well, yeah. and, and, and I never and now, went to and now I never I went like, to shit. I damn near want to recant the whole thing I just said about how the fuck can people sit there and watch. Because now <laughs> I get it. For for the actual true, like, fans of teams who in it, yeah. But that's but, just two teams. So how many true fans are going to sit there for that shit? I mean, and, it, and I don't think it's been Patriots fans. I mean, I'm sorry, not Patriots. Uh, Carolina fans until, like, two years ago so mm, it's like all yeah. six of them right. so. well, exactly <laughs> so yeah so I, I get that though um, I can't watch like like you said you would sit at home like I can't I can't watch that shit kind of shit in public man I, I watched I think I've watched of important Pistons playoff games I watched one amongst in, in public amongst amongst other people and it was a horrible experience <laughs> and it was a horrible experience, and they lost. So, well, and the, it was it was actually probably their worst playoff loss. I think it was the last. I don't remember which game that was. What, I mean, was it when the Lions made the playoffs? Were they, who were they playing? Dallas. Which what, what year? Was that in the last maybe five years? They only made the playoffs. That was the that last time. time was against Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I was out. Mm-mm. I was out at Rub Pub downtown, and. I think I like blocked and unfollowed like a couple of folks I regularly <laughs> tweet with. Yeah. Like I was just like I I, don't, I can't take this shit. I was just I was pacing. I was doing shots. I was I was like I was I was furious. And at that point I was like, you know what? 
for any the game that I'm concerned in, I can't I can't be in the public like that. Yeah, that's a, you can't you can't be. Could you imagine all of the parties in Detroit if the Super Bowl come? You know, they make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. It's just gonna be nuts, you know. And I and I think I think they could do it in the next ten. Hopefully, shit. I don't want to be a fucking old fart by the time this shit happens. But but yeah. So yeah, that's that. Um. So yeah, let's move on. We'll move on. We um, we spent a lot, enough time basking in the glory of past greatness. So kind of kind of switching subjects. So you. You had the uh, the Popeye uh, spice is it spice pack wings? I, I didn't know we were leaving football. Okay, <laughs> um, yes, I did. Oh, I think we uh, shit. We actually supposed to stay on football, but I, I we can divert and come back. Yeah, divert, come back. So you you had those. our main topic is related to this, so we won't forget. So yeah, um, so you had the spice pack. I did. Dope. So Side, they were dope. Yes. Side okay. note: On my way here, the Popeyes. No, no, but. <laughs> I, well, I should have. <laughs> on my way here, the Popeyes on Telegraph in Plymouth had a sign that said 20 spice pack wings for $9. Nine fucking dollars. Dude. That's less than it cost at most places for 10 And it said 20 spice pack for $9. Man. Woo! <laughs> If, but I, yes, if, I I see, if I see the deposit in my checking account tomorrow and, that's not supposed to be there, I'm definitely going. And then, and the thing about that is it was supposed to stop in January. Yeah, they must get extra because that's where I got mine from. Mm-hmm. Have you? So have you tried the um, the KFC uh, Nashville hot chicken wing? Mm-mm. So I don't know what Nashville hot is, but the flavor is it's good. hot but stupider. I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, dude. It's, it's hot, but with incest. That's that's <laughs> the, the, the chicken was mating with each other. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Anyhow, they are really it's hot, but they, with cousins they, fucking. They are good. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, me See, and, now that contrast because Liquid Slap was saying it was trash. I think he said they were trash. He did say, I, I don't think he liked them. I don't remember his words, but I don't think he liked them. Um, but what does he know? Yeah. I don't know. But they He's are pretty They too. are pretty good. So take that into account. Did he, did he say that, Did he say they came with pickles? Do you recall that? Uh, Every advertisement uh, I've seen had pickles on them. I think he did. I think I'm, 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 don't you hate pickles? Yeah, I, that's what I'm going to get to. <laughs> okay. So I don't like pickles. And... The wife picked up some the other day, and we had some that was great. But they didn't have no pickles. And okay. Was, and she was wondering, like, why they didn't get pickles? Because she liked pickles. Wait, it's a sandwich? No, it's just, they just got random-ass pickles, like, sliced pickles on them. Just throwing pickles on top of wings? Yeah, that's uh, it. That's, they just got random-ass pickles on weird. them. Okay. I don't get it. But, yeah, that was a... Anyway, I just... I was I was curious if you had them. Um, mm, no, but, but I, I will try them. It's a good spice. <laughs> I'll it's, try them because It's chicken. not, like, no flaming hot. Like, it's, like, a good... It's a good hot spice it's not like hmm. sriracha hot or you know, i don't think sriracha is that hot it's more of a tangy spice i think sriracha is more of like i don't i personally don't think sriracha is that great but i think sriracha is more about the taste than it is about the heat yeah it's more so taste but it's not like a hot spice it's not like a hot pepper hot 
it's 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 manageable. It's good though. It's a good flavor though. I like okay. it. I thought it was good. Um. Anyway, these so, are wings, like wing dings, or like well. So or I've can seen, you get anything? I've like seen you get... pictures of like legs and thighs, but we had strips. Okay. Cool. Cool. Good. All right. So. Anyway, that was a random interruption. Um, so I thought that was going somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I, was just, I was just curious if you had them. We had them. I thought it was good. I, was I thought it was going to transition to like Cam Newton or some shit. Like, yeah. Well, Cam I did want. I did want to. Tra- uh... yeah, I, I was. <laughs> well, I realized that after I got off the the got to the chicken subject that we didn't even discuss Cam and his his dealings since we were on football. It would have been a good transition, but I fucked it up with chicken. But. We have a whole lot to still discuss about yeah, yeah, Super Bowl. But, but chicken is like, you know, a good transition of anything. So Yeah, we could transition to anything from chicken. We could find a way. So, as most people know, unless you've been stuck under a fucking rock, uh, Broncos won. Um, the Panthers kind of played like shit, and they had every opportunity to win and didn't. Cam was... He he wasn't himself, you know. He had he, after he had the, a defense that fucked him up. Yeah, he had a defense, and I, I, I don't I don't want to say it is as like Cam just had a fucked up game to like lessen the the impact that uh, the Broncos defense had. But the Broncos defense was fucking well. Von Miller was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was yeah. Um, it was funny because I was watching. I was like if. If they can find a way to rationalize Von Miller not getting the MVP, I would be flabbergasted. I if if Peyton would have got the MVP, I would have definitely considered boycotting football for a good long time. You couldn't even rationalize that because like you can't just say Peyton Manning's MVP and then just go with it because anytime they give an MVP, they list the stats. Like Peyton Manning's MVP, and he threw for I don't know what his stats were, not, but it'd be something not, stupid not, like he threw for a hundred yards and no, two no, no, interceptions, not, a fumble, not, <laughs> not that, and no touchdowns. Not that Cam, if they were if they were looking at uh, um, Peyton as the MVP, not that Cam's stats would have mattered mm-hmm. because it typically goes to the winning team, though the player on the winning team. Mm-hmm. But Cam's stats were better than than Peyton Manning's stats, though. Yeah. On, on, well, the only the only thing he had more. Was a he had Cam had one more sack than, but number wise it was it was like he had like a hundred more yards. Yeah, and Peyton Manning threw, Peyton Manning threw. I think he threw an interception. Um, he didn't throw a touchdown. No touchdown. And I, I feel like he might have thrown two interceptions, but I, he, I don't know. But I he thought, had. I thought he threw multiple interceptions. Yeah, I feel like he had two interceptions. He didn't throw a touchdown, and he didn't throw for very many yards. So. It's not a stat line that you would say, "Hey, here's our 2016 MVP with his," and then you list these stats. You can't do it. Whereas Von Miller was incredibly impactful in that game. Like yeah. Von Miller was amazing in that game, and yeah. that's both not of, easy to say for a defensive player in a in a football game. Yeah, that both, they're that impactful. Both quarterbacks were sacked once. Um, I'm sorry. Both quarterbacks had one interception. Um, okay. Cam was sacked six times, Peyton five. But Cam had 265 yards, and Manahan only had 141 yards. <sighs> so he didn't play better than, you know, but the deep their defense was fucking dope. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, I think uh, early when uh, the Broncos played Seattle. and Did it just get darker in here? 
It seems like the lights kind of dim down here. Yeah, it's it got kind of like you know intimate and shit. Oh, that's what it was. Your your computer screen might have went dark. Maybe so. Yeah, that's what um, it was. But yeah, so I mean, he just I mean Cam played a shitty game. Like, did it and, just get more sensual? In yeah, here? it did. Like I was waiting for a candle to like light up and shit. <laughs> did a red light just turn on? <laughs> right, but um. Cam team was shitty. His offensive line couldn't stop the defense. His receivers couldn't catch. Fucking running backs were fumbling. I mean, they picked the worst fucking time to have so many fucking mistakes. But they had so many opportunities to win, and they just couldn't do it. It was just, I mean, it was unfortunate. I felt bad for Cam. Like, I, I mean, he you know he had such a great season. I mean, this is like you know it would have been the icing on the cake. For him, and I just I, I felt bad for the dude. That's a sign of a great defense, though, is to make a potent offense look ineffective. Like he had, they were ineffective as fuck. Yeah, he had. He was constantly being harassed. He receivers were never open. He just had. He, it's not. It's not really that he had a bad game. Like he was just shitty. Denver was just that good, and Von Miller was great. It it was, it's kind of that situation where it's like a good defense can just make a great offense look ineffective, and that's really mm-hmm. what happened. And not to say, and and Carolina is not a great offense. Like I mean, they're good, but it's not like you look at like oh the that 2015-16 Carolina offense was amazing. It, no, you wouldn't look at it like that. But that Denver defense just made them made them look ineffective, and it just made for a really hard day, and they weren't able to able to recover. And uh, yeah, I mean it. It the set the the shitty part of it is that really what it boils down to is that it makes for a shitty game to watch. It's not like no no one's gonna look back and be like, man, that 2016 Super Bowl was flames. Like, no, it was it was a, largely a bore fest. And I <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody be like, yeah, but like trying to make it sound like a defensive struggle is like a great game to watch. It's not. It's it's not. But no, it was a. Uh, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, it it was interesting in the sense of like, as a football fan, to see a team that has been incredibly successful all year be rendered useless, like, and look entirely inept. Like that. That's interesting to see that happen. And and but the crazy thing about that is that that's fairly common. Like that, the the especially in football, the idea of a uh, a great defensive team against a great offensive team, the great offensive team never wins out ever. Like they always are made to look inept, so it's it's pretty common. Like you, in retrospect, one should look back and think that this is probably what should happen, especially since all of this was new to Carolina. But yeah, I mean. It was an interesting game, but nothing really much to uh, to look back on and hold in the annals of history. Yeah, um, I, I guess I was I was just torn at at the media, like and Cam. It was just so like for okay. So after, yeah, let's just get let's just get into it. Let's just talk about the so because really the story it, here is 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 Cam Newton and his. Uh, his perception going in and how he was treated afterwards. So let's just get into it. Cam after after the game, Cam and 
um, Manning met in the field. It was, it seemed really pleasant. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like hard faces and shit like that. You know, things of that nature. So, you know, typically after every Super Bowl and so forth, you know, the star player, you know, interview. And so they had Cam interviewing. And what was different about this, this end of game interview for like the losing team is that it was on the same area as like the winning team. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's in a whole different area. Like you don't hear the questions going on from the winning team and things of that nature. It's always in like a separate area or something. So for some odd reason, it was in the same area, and I guess you know, if I am, I'm Cam. I'm the losing team, and I'm in the area where I'm hearing the winning team talk about their win and things like that. I don't think I'm going to be that interested in fucking answering questions. Like, I just don't see that happening. And so, I mean, he just lost the fucking game. I don't know how, how upbeat you want a person to be. And he answered the questions dry as hell. And then at some point he just dipped and he's been catching like the craziest backlash. And I just don't, I don't understand why he's held to such crazy standard of answering fucking questions when you lose. I don't understand why that's a necessity. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot that plays into it for me. I'm kind of torn on it. Well, I'm not, but I am. But, like, okay, so the idea of answering questions from the media after you lose is common and it's expected. It's not like Cam Newton answering questions from the media after losing is something that's unique to Cam Newton. Everybody's expected to do that. All the quarterbacks are expected to do that. And for the most part, they all do it. Like it's, So it's not like he's being held to a different standard because all the quarterbacks are expected to do it. And, then, and generally, they all do it. But personally, I've never felt that this whole thing of of athletes having to answer to the media, I never felt that that's important. I, I I don't understand the entire idea of like they have to do this. Like I I kind of feel like, like just the general situation. Like if you lose and you're in a shitty mood and you just lost the biggest game of your life, what difference does it make? That you have that that you don't want to talk to the media, like and you just want to go home, or you just want to go to your hotel room, and you don't want to talk. And he said that in the one interview that we played while we were pregame, and he was like, you know, it's I don't have to. Whatever I do isn't going to change what y'all what y'all think of me. Like what what makes you right and what makes me wrong? Like you know, he he just like it's not a big deal. And I am generally of the belief that athletes shouldn't have to talk to the media i get it that that they do and that that is part of their job but i don't really think that it should be so but i do understand that as the quarterback of a team in the super bowl it is your job to talk to the media after your game at the same time i don't understand why like has like it's been pointed out that he is being held to a different standard because other guys have ditched the media or walked off the field and 
unceremoniously and have not been held to that same standard. And my problem with it isn't the fact that he didn't talk to the media. My problem with it is the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, he, he's making, he's giving his critics a quote unquote valid excuse to criticize him over something that's not really their problem with him. Because, like, he's not, they don't like him because, well, it's not the, it's, it's, I'm trying to not phrase a double negative, but largely the, let's just be real, these white folks don't like Cam Newton because he's, like, a black guy. He's unapologetically black, and he's just who he is. He's just a black guy. And he, but he's at the top of the NFL, and he's just who he is. And they don't like him because they just don't like seeing a black guy in that position. But they can't say, I don't like this black quarterback. They have to find a different reason to say that they don't like him because it's generally accept, unaccepted to say, I don't like a black guy. So they have to say, I don't like him because he dances after he scores. I don't like him because... We think he's a thug. We don't. I don't like him because they have to find different reasons. So all this time leading up to the Super Bowl, they're coming up with all these bullshit reasons why they don't like him when really they don't like him because he's black. But they're coming up with all these other reasons. And we, as his supporters or as black people, can say, like, you're calling him a thug or you're calling him this and that, but this is a guy who is giving the football to cancer patients after the game like this is a guy who is just having a good time this is a guy who's signing fucking shoes or fucking disabled he's doing all of the like the crowd pleasing things he should and and i didn't mean to cut you off but those Mm -hmm. are the i I agree though he he's done so much other you know better things and to be criticized for not being energetic And, and the fact of the matter is He's was that he was that way the whole the whole media week. Every time you see him, he just seemed exhausted of answering questions. Mm-hmm. And only time he actually got enthused about answering questions was when Snoop asked him a question. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. It was hilarious. Like you know, it was like he first walked on and he just kind of like he had that like you know Marshawn Lynch like you know why I'm here mm-hmm. kind of like look. And, you know, he's like, we got a question from, you know, and he come up, you hear Snoop come up. And he hey, was cuss. like, yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, he, and, and that's when he actually got happy. But the net, he never seemed to be enthused about his, I guess one of the, you know, he was like, you know, nothing's changed in the last 24 hours. You know, it is what it is. And they asked a stupid question like, so why do you wear flip flops? Yeah, well, you why why do you wear flip flops with, with socks? With, sand, with yeah, socks. With sandals yeah. and socks. <laughs> sandals and socks. Sandals yeah. socks. And it's like, I you know, we, we hold we hold these players to this standard of wanting them to, you know, be open with the media and things like that. But no one holds the media standards of asking dumbass fucking questions. Or asking dumbass questions that vary from player to player. Is anybody going to ask Peyton Manning why he's wearing what he's wearing? Why, like, I don't know how Peyton Manning dresses, but, like, is somebody going to say, Hey, Peyton Manning, why are you wearing cargo shorts? Like, or whatever the fuck he might wear. Like, is anybody going to ask him that? No, they're going to ask him shit about the football game. Why are you asking Cam Newton about what the, what the fuck he has on his feet? Like, it's just because 
and the whole thing behind it is because they're looking for reasons to not like him that they can point to that are something other than he's black. And then like the thing that uh, the thing with him skipping out on the media that bothers me, it isn't that he skipped out on the media. It's nothing against him that bothers me. It's the fact that he knows that they're looking for reasons to hate him that have nothing to do with him as a person or him as a football player. And then I feel like he should be, I don't want to say smart enough, but he should be aware enough to know that when you dip on a post-game interview after the Super Bowl, that they're going to point to that. Like, that that's going to be their out. So they can't, so instead of saying, I don't like him because he's black, now they could say, well, I don't like him because he's immature and he leaves press conferences when he should be talking to the media like everybody else. Right. And it, so that's what bothered me. It was like, man, I feel like you should have known better because, not because you should have known better because you're supposed to talk to the media, but you should know better because you know they're looking for a reason to hate you and they need something other than he's black and uh, obnoxiously black or w- whatever they deem to be obnoxious. They're looking for something that they could say negative about you that's not about your race or how you behave as a black man. Why would you give them ammo? Like, he left, and he now they have ammo. So somebody who doesn't like him because he's black and because he's he dances when he scores a touchdown, just, just like Aaron Rodgers or just like whoever the fuck else dances when they score, they can't say, I don't like him because he's black and because he dances. Now they can say, well, I don't like him because he's immature, and he leaves football press conferences before they're done asking questions and blah, blah blah like you gave them ammo now they have now they have something valid to hide their racism behind and that's what bothered me about it. i'm like man now you gave them- now we can't defend you because generally and people are still doing it but like generally I-, I i'm not gonna do it because it is the case that you do do that interview like everybody's expected to do that interview whether you're drew Brees or you're cam newton or you're aaron Rodgers, cam newton Cam Newton, you're expected to sit there after you lose and give that fucking interview. So that's not unique to him to have to give that interview. But the fact that he dipped on it is unique to him. So now they can say, oh, we don't like him because he left his interview. That's not the real reason. So he gave them a valid reason when they didn't have one before. And that's what bothers me, man. I'm like, man, you should have known better, dog. You should have known, like, no matter how you felt, you should have stuck it out. Not because it's the right thing to do. And that you're supposed to give that interview, but because you know they want a reason to hate you. So don't give them one. Sit there and tough it out and be the bigger man because you know they're going to give that you know that these people who hate you because you black are going to fucking fault you for doing that shit. Like, don't give them that. Don't let them have that. Yeah. He gave them that shit. I think, I think he, he gave it to them probably the worst at the worst time. But Ain't absolutely the worst time. It just, I don't, I, you know, I think you just, I think we just have to be reminded that you know, these motherfuckers are just human. It's like at some point you you have a breaking point. I think he, I, I'm pretty sure that you know it's a lesson learned. He wouldn't do that shit, you know, from any further. You know what I'm saying? But you yeah. know, I, I thought it was a bad move. I just felt like you know, we we the the standard that you hold players and you don't hold media to certain standards it just seems so wishy-washy um but i don't think i hope it don't take away from from the guy he's young you know he's going to be back you know strong next year and i don't i don't foresee it happening you know again but i don't know i was just i was i was kind of happy he fucking walked off like fuck them niggas 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm generally opposed to that whole idea of having to talk to the media. I feel like if you're a guy who lost the football game and and you are dealing with it and you're having a rough time, you shouldn't have to, man. You should just be able to be like, man, I fucking lost. It's a shitty day. I just, especially you, you know me how I am with dealing with shit I don't feel like dealing with. Like, if I don't feel like being out, I'm just going to go home. I'm not going to make my rounds like and be like, hey, I'm leaving now. Bye. I'm just going to fucking dip because I don't want to be here no more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's my right. Like, I don't, I don't owe nothing to nobody to have to explain why I'm leaving. Like, I just, I don't feel like being here. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't want to be here. I'm leaving. That's it. I don't have to answer to no fucking body. Nobody. Not a single swinging dick on earth. I don't have to answer to no fucking body. I don't want to be here. I'm out. And I feel like that's how it should be, but I know that's not how it is. And even though I feel like Cam has every right to not have to talk to the media, like he shouldn't have to, I feel like he knows that that's what's expected of him as an athlete and that he didn't fuck up leaving because he dropped his duty as an athlete. I just feel like he fucked up because now he gave racist people a tangible thing to point to that's widely accepted as being valid. Because now people will say, well, we don't like him because he left and you're supposed to talk to the media. And... That's inarguable. He is supposed to talk to the media, theoretically. So can nobody say, like, oh, no, you you can argue it, but generally you're supposed to talk to the media after these games. But that's not their real reason for not liking them. They didn't like him long before that. So now, but now they have an actual valid reason. Like, before, they were saying, oh, he's a thug. That shit ain't valid because we have mad evidence that doesn't support that. But now, if they say we don't like him because he's immature and he leaves interviews, well, now... We have evidence that you're immature and leave interviews. Yeah, and I think it's just it's so like crazy how the focus on on black players and the media the the standard is so high. But you know, we look at stories like when Peyton left the 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 field in '06. Like you know, there was no fanfare about that. Mm-hmm. You know, they call him you know competitive competitive nature. Uh, right. shit like that, and <clears throat> if, you got a feel for Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, and, and if and if if Cam would have left the the field without saying nothing, it would be even worse. Absolutely, but you know, you give you give people, you give you know players like him, you know, passes. You know, have you ever seen any interviews, uh, post game interviews with uh, Popovich, uh, Spurs coach? He's rude as fuck, and you get. I feel like they give. They give nine black uh, sports figures a lot, way more passes than they do black. Folk. You can't fuck up being a, a black sports figure. No. And, you know, it happens every time. Fucking, I have not heard one thug or one derogatory name uh, towards Johnny Manziel. But he's out beating ex-girlfriends, drinking <laughs> bitches, all this shit. And... There's no, there's no consequences in the media for that shit. I read something today about thug is a thug is a term that applies only to black people. Yeah, yeah, even though it has no racial, no racial implication in its definition, but it's solely issued toward, well, especially as far as celebrities go, from white people toward black people, solely. So, yeah, no, Johnny Manziel's never going to get caught a thug because that's not something white people call each other. They said they had something on the, uh, I read that that uh, they had lied about 
some of his alcoholism or something. To that yeah, effect. I saw that. So it's like he's not catching it at all. But you know, a Cam Newton who you know didn't talk you know to the media you know is all of a sudden some crazy you know lesser human being or lesser celebrity or shit like that. Shit's bullshit, man. And you see the article I posted that Peyton Manning put his balls on a bitch face, dog. Now, I had no <laughs> like, idea that fuck? happened. I had no idea that <laughs> happened. But and how could you? It happened in '96, and that's the thing. Like, and we talked about this with Bill Cosby. Like, with Bill Cosby and all the shit that's come out regarding him over the course of the past however long it's been going on, it makes you wonder how much did he get away with before. Like social media was popping off, and it makes you wonder how much other people got away with before social media was popping off. Like, right. who knows if, like, I, I, I mean, I figure if this had happened, somebody would have came out. But like, who knows how many women Chris Brown beat the fuck up before Rihanna? Like, it might have been some other ones, and they just came, they just ain't came out. Who knows? But like, social media, it's like it puts your business out there for everybody to know. Like, once that news breaks and it hits Twitter, it's a wrap. Everybody knows. But in 1996. That shit hits a newspaper, and it has, like, a blurb on page three of the sports section, and then that shit flies under the radar. 1996, we didn't even have, we, we the internet existed, but was the internet what it was now? Hell no. Nobody would know about that shit. And I read that fucking story, and it said something like his, uh, like, I think it was, like, the t- Tennessee's, like, athletic trainer was, like, doing something with his cleats or some shit, so she was bent down, like, on her knees, like, doing something with his cleats or with his knee or something you know, low level or some shit. And they were like talking shit or whatever. And then she looked up and he like had his balls out and put his like balls on her face or some shit like that. And it was like, like a it? joke, like, ha ha, this is fun, like a prank. And I'm like, that shit largely flew under the radar because one, well, we live in a completely different climate right now. Like, even if we had social media back then, the response might not have been the same as it was now. Cause we're like uber sensitive right now. But that shit wouldn't, he wouldn't, if that happened right now, that'd be a wrap for anybody right now. You Putting your balls on somebody's face. Yeah, like, man is definitely like, lucky. That's a wrap. Th- he definitely he lucky. he escaped that the shit. The things he, he did kind of escape, you know, was out of, you know, social media's hands and things of that nature. Because he would definitely go down for, probably go, I mean, maybe not to the consequence that a lot of other folks do. But, yeah, such bullshit. Yeah, it, it the 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 white athletes and black athletes are held to a completely different standard. It's not cool, and it it's not cool because it's it's not fair. But it's also not cool because, like I said, they they just want a what they would deem to be a valid reason to not like somebody when really I don't like him because he's black. Because like Cam Newton doesn't do anything different than any other star players not like you got humble ass white quarterbacks and then you got cocky ass i'm gonna pull my dick out and slap everybody with my fucking big 14 inch dick like he's not out here being like crazy ass black guy he's just out here doing the same shit that every other quarterback every not even every other quarterback every fucking nfl player who scores a touchdown dances in the fucking end zone like that's not something that's unique to cam newton but they want to put that on him like oh he's a bad role model and all this dumb shit and, and it's really just because they want what they deem to be a valid excuse to not like him when really they just don't like him because he's successful in black when he plays with a whole bunch of other white quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and all that shit we don't like the black guy because he's black 
But we're going to say we don't like him because he dances. Or we're going to say, and then now we're going to say we don't like him because he leaves interviews. Yeah, and they're going to give you any reason, any reason to, to hate you. This is such, such bullshit, though. It I mean, is. like you say, I, I, I do agree, though. I think he, to, to keep the, his legacy and things of that nature, he probably should have just said, fuck it. He should have, man. He he should have. And like I said, not not to appease the media or to appease white people, just to make sure that they don't have ammo to to point to for why they hate him, which is really a deflection from why they really hate him. But man, I mean, as it's like he he's he's gonna be ridiculed no matter what. He could have you know did one of the greatest interviews, and you know he still lost and shit like that. He's still black too, so yep. So, before we get into our final topic, I just want to talk real quick about what do you think about Peyton Manning's legacy? Well, he'll be in the... Excuse me. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think he's definitely uh, had a a great run. Um, Let's... uh, Also, let's preface this by saying, like, I kind of want to work work under the assumption that he's going to retire. Like, this is it for him. So... Oh, he retired. He retired being one of the greatest. Then, um, I don't. I don't know what would keep him from being labeled as a great quarterback. Uh, I don't see anything that you know that keeps him from that. I think one of his biggest accomplishments is coming back from injury and being able to play still at an elite level. You know, I think that was that would that's kind of major <clears throat> with you know his 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 career and so i think he had definitely he, you know and in other well other than slapping his dick in some kid's face and shit <laughs> um and i don't think that was not even what happened but it, it still it fits yeah um it's and then, you know the the uh the meds uh investigation now hg is it hd hg no hgh hgh i think it's hgh uh it's definitely not hd <laughs> HG, HGH. Uh, Human growth hormone. So yeah, HGH. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean he 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 he's gonna. I think his leg is gonna be great. I I I don't see any any negative anything coming out of his le- legacy. You know he, you know, do you rank him top ten? Do you rank him top five? Me? Yeah. Oh, I rank Peyton. <laughs> I rank him way higher than that. I think, as far as I've personally seen, um, as far as what I've seen in a regular season quarterback, Peyton Manning is probably the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life in the regular season. As far as just like game game in game out, and for the court. For the entirety, of, the entirety of his career, which I have watched, and I watched him at Tennessee, I feel like Peyton Manning's probably the best I've ever seen, as far as just day in, day out, week in, week out, regular season guy. Um, even though he did pick up, assuming he retires, two Super Bowls, I will say that largely his postseason accomplishments have been lacking. I I don't well, think his postseason accomplishments are anything special at all, really. Like I mean, he got I feel like he should 
considering what I've seen of what he can do, I feel like he should have won more Super Bowls than he did. And I, I do think that he suffers from playing against Tom Brady. But, um, yeah, his I think his uh, lack of championships and playoff performance throughout his career are going to hurt him in the overall sense, especially when it compared to a guy like Tom Brady. Uh, they're going to hurt him, but as far as what I've seen, it's really, you look at the guys right now, you look at Manning, you look at Brady, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and Brady has had the utmost success in the postseason and has been phenomenal, and Peyton is largely disappointed in the postseason. Yeah, he definitely has. But as far as fucking regular season shit, and week in, week out, I've, I've never seen anything like what I've seen Peyton Manning do in his career. So, I would say Peyton Manning is probably the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Ever. But, when it comes to uh, postseason shit, uh, he loses a ton of points. Um, I don't even know where I would rank him if I looked at just postseason. Um. My favorite quarterback of all time is Joe Montana. I'd probably place Steve Young ahead of Peyton Manning. I'd place That's Brady fair. ahead of Peyton Manning. Um, I'd probably stop there. I figure ultimately Aaron Rodgers would probably end up being placed ahead of Peyton Manning, but I wouldn't do that right now. Uh, but yeah, I think ultimately is overall of all time. I think all things considered when it's all said and done, taking everything into consideration all time, Peyton Man is going to be top five easily. Yeah, I can see that easily. I think a lot of the guys that precede us guys like, you know, Unitas and shit like that. I think that. Taking even taking all the old older guys that we never saw into consideration, I think if we say we fast forward ten years from now and we look back at once Brady's retired and once Aaron Rodgers is retired and all that shit, Drew Brees is retired, all that shit, and we look back at all the quarterbacks, say what's this, twenty sixteen, we'll just say twenty thirty to be safe. When we look back on all the quarterbacks that have played in the NFL up to twenty thirty I think Peyton Manning's top five. I, I definitely give him that. I yeah. definitely give him that. For sure. Yeah. You know he drunk Budweiser after the game, right? <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he surely did. So, uh, last topic. Beehive. Yes, sir. So, day before Super Bowl, Beyonce had released a video um, – Called formation in which I'm not even I'm, I'm not even I don't even feel a bad way about the video. I thought the video was cool. Um, I've never had any real actual like issues with her. I've mm-hmm. always had issues with the stands, the fans she have. That's that, that's always been my issue with her. But 
the video was actually pretty cool. So she did that, and then next day was well, it was announced that she was performing with uh, Coldplay. Mm-hmm. What irritated me the fucking most is like the like these asshole ass fans that you know like they couldn't even take the fact that it was Coldplay's show and she was featured mm-hmm. like. What do you mean? It's Beyonce featuring Coldplay. No, motherfucker. Coldplay was there first. It was their fucking show. Like, how do you how do you be that fucking? I don't even know the word to use, man. Like, I just like why why are you mad at Coldplay because Beyonce's featured? Like, what the fuck is the logic of this shit? It makes no fucking sense. And and, and I kept seeing that shit all on fucking like on on. On Twitter and Facebook and shit, it's like that. Just, just that just don't make no sense to me. How do you be so fucking petty and trivial? Like, yeah, I, I what, one of the things that I found the most interesting was okay. So the Beyonce Bruno Mars portion was dope. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on that. But what bothered me was again on Twitter and Facebook was the people was like, I didn't even know Coldplay was there. That was Beyonce and Bruno Mars. So I. Coldplay who? Coldplay this? First Coldplay. off, like, why the fuck Coldplay was dope. Like, I'm still mad that Bruno Mars was there. <laughs> like, why are you, like, like, what do you mean, like, I didn't even know Coldplay was there. Like, they wouldn't even do, like, Coldplay they were the killed main, it. And they were the main people. Yeah, they were dope. Like, okay, so you like Beyonce, great. But why do you have to like Beyonce so much that you're that you act- actively going to pretend that Coldplay was irrelevant or that they weren't good? Like they were good. Like don't don't be petty. Don't be stupid. Like you can enjoy Beyonce, but not drag down Coldplay. Yeah, that, like that, that was stupid. That, that irritated me the most on that. And I saw thing. like everybody saying that I didn't know Coldplay was there. Coldplay who? Like, it was like, like the worst one line joke ever. Like it was. It was so not funny. It was just so extra. Like yes, that motherfucker's there. That they are there. Mm-hmm. They were there before Beyonce was supposed to even be on a fucking show. And it's like it's not like they did a shitty job. Like I could get it if like Coldplay sucked and then Beyonce and Bruno Mars came out and killed it. But Coldplay was dope. But then it was it just became a thing like like everything I say about especially like about black Twitter how it's like someone puts out an idea and then everybody just runs with it because it's cool to run with it. So it was like cool to say like Beyonce was great and Bruno Mars was great and Coldplay was just there. Coldplay who? And they didn't even do shit. Like, like it's the, just cool to run with that. Not like, who, like you actually thought they were whack. You just wanted to run with this whole cool idea that Beyonce was great and that Coldplay was just an afterthought. Like it it's like I know all you motherfuckers didn't think that. Like if you actually watched it, Coldplay was dope. Like, why, why, why do you have to drag down Coldplay just because you like Beyonce? You can just like Beyonce. Like, you don't have to pretend like something else was bad. It's not even like I like Beyonce and everything else was bad by comparison. It's like you can just like Beyonce. Like, Coldplay was dope too. Like, they just ran with this idea because it was trendy, and it's just cool to say, "Oh, Beyonce is so great that she makes everybody else look whack." Like, stop, stop acting like. You got to just run with what everybody else is saying. Like, people hate to conflict with popular opinion. And and when it comes to popular opinion, Beyonce and the Beehive shit is unrivaled. Like, you can't say anything other than Beyonce is amazing. If you say Beyonce is a A-minus, 
then you're a piece of shit. If you say the person standing... And, and the crazy thing about it is, you could say Beyonce was an A+, but if you say the person's performing with Beyonce was also an A+, then you're still a piece of shit. Right. You gotta, you gotta be so into Beyonce that she has to be an A+, and because she's so great that the person that she was performing with was like an F. Just to make her look even better than she already was. It's insane, but this is your this is your moment. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean you've said it, most of the stuff I want to uh, uh, say. I just I don't know. I just don't get like idiotic fuck ass fr- fans like that. That's just so so stupid to me. Um, did you even watch the video? Yeah, um, not by choice. So I guess it's it, been I, a- it it came out while we were recording last week because I watched it after I got home from recording last week. Oh, I thought it came out like that Saturday or some shit. Actually, no, you're right. It was Saturday. My bad. It was Saturday. I knew I was out and I came home. So, yeah, you're right, though. It was Saturday. I was at uh, Daryl's birthday party shit. But, I don't know. I, I, I thought the video was cool. I thought, you know, some interesting aspects of it. You know, her sinking the New Orleans car was, I don't know, supposed to be symbolic and trying to, I thought to, it was like, a real dope visual. Uh, to, to, to just... <laughs> kill the notion of you know fuck up fuck shit cops you know like i i, I just thought that was cool um but I, she's caught a lot of backlash even from like i've seen stuff from like locals like you know i seen this one article and i didn't read it but it was it was a some black chick site and she was like you know katrina is not your history you you <laughs> Uh, shit like that, like you realize that the the excuse me the uh, marches and the protests and things of that nature all over you know our country from our people have been has pla- been places where they wasn't it wasn't them their home but they're you know they're doing it for for the black race you mm-hmm. know our people period like how could you you know say that she's you know taken away from that. You know, and that shit just, I didn't get that shit. If anything, she's bringing attention to it. Yeah. And, and I've seen a a, 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 a comment, I mean, not a comment, but a whole, someone posted a stats about, and just people were just saying she's, she's an opportunist. I'm like, how? <laughs> no one had to, you know, the thing is, no one had to make awareness. She could have just made a random ass fucking video like the last one in the fucking hotel room dancing around her drawers. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, she's actually doing something that's actually uh, for for our culture and things of that nature. Like, how do you knock that? How do you, like, damn, I, it's like, I hate that he's giving like, to the poor. What the fuck's wrong with him, man? Like, but can we address how incredibly shitty that song is? Like, not yeah. Formation, the 7-Eleven song, the one she's dancing around in the hotel room. Like, I mean... Beyonce fans are so delusional and so into like everything, everything she does. Is, everything is gold. And no everything is great. But that song is so bad. I mean, so, like tragically bad to the point of like if anybody, like if any breathing soul on earth other than Beyonce made that song, it would be like this song is shitty. But the fact that Beyonce made it, I've, I've like actually heard people rationalize from point A to point B how it's a shitty song 
but it's not a shitty song. It gets the people like, going. <laughs> <laughs> like, this song is so bad, but for some reason when I hear it, it makes me want to dance. Like, you, you're, like, you're working so hard to make this horrible song good because Beyonce made it. Like, that is by far the shittiest song she has ever made in her life. Like, that is an abysmal piece of shit. Like, it is a horrible, horrible song. It is the 2015 Hokey Pokey. It is a complete (laughs) piece of shit. Garbage. But her fans are like, Oh, it makes me dance, though. Like, it makes me want to work. Oh, no. They'll they'll be like, she looks so happy in the video. Oh, she's dead. Like, they will find any little thing. Like, oh, I love the way her socks look in that video. Like, they will find a way to make it to where anything she does is good. But that song is like gum on the bottom of your shoe that you can't get off all the way. It's like, it is a horrible fucking song. And, like, they still act like it's, I'm not even going to say good. They act like it's better than awful. Like, oh, my God, that song is so bad. And it's amazing to me how the way Beyonce's fans will twist something that she's done and try to mangle it into something where it's it's respectable. Like, she made a song that... it, the Hokey Pokey is better than that song. Like, that song is so bad. Like, why? Like if Soulja Boy made that song, and Soulja Boy kind of has made that song. If Soulja Boy made that song... The Hokey Pokey? Kind of. Oh. <laughs> like, that 7-Eleven song. He's kind of made that. Like, basically like a, a dance song where it's like, I'm going to direct you to what you're supposed to do. Or I'm going to say, do this, do that. I do this, I do that. Like, put my foot in, put my foot out. My, my foot's twisting. All this dumb shit. Soulja Boy has kind of made that. And who is the guy that people, when people talk about shitty songs, they point to? It's Soulja Boy. Like, Soulja Boy is so shitty. He made this. If Soulja Boy made 7-Eleven, it would be the worst hip-hop song in all of history. But because <laughs> Beyonce made it, it's like, well, uh, it makes me kind of want to twerk. Or, uh... She looks so happy in the video. She's dancing, and I, I like the fact that she's in it. Oh, she's she's looks so happy, and like it's like, why do you have to rationalize a horrible song and make it good? Like and it's not even just like we're taking like a a C level song and trying to twist it into B. It's like you're right. taking a F minus minus and trying to make it into an A. Like. There's nothing redeemable about that song whatsoever. Like, it is complete and gutter fucking filthy trash. Like, it is abysmal. It's, 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 I can't even, I can't even come up with more words to describe how shitty that song is. And they just find a way. I don't understand Beyonce's fans. I really don't. Like, are you completely incapable of accepting the fact that she could do something wrong. I saw a meme earlier today that said that if Beyonce threw Blue Ivy off off a roof or something, they'd be like, yes, <laughs> kick that bitch off. Like, she could do anything, dog. Like, she could do literally anything. Beyonce could, like, like rape a deaf, mute, fucking cerebral palsy kid, and they'd be like, oh, that bitch had it coming. 
yeah, slay, bitch, slay that fucking cerebral palsy pussy. Like, they would find some way to make it so that Beyonce cerebral slayed. Cerebral palsy pussy is terrible, dog. Yeah, it Just is. Just you know. That's, that's terrible. It is. And especially since I made it lesbian. It could have been, like, I could have said, like, sit on that cerebral palsy dick. Like, I could have I at least made it heterosexual. But, like, <laughs> they will find a way to, to take anything that she does and make it great. She, I feel like Beyonce could do the most horrific act, and they will find a way to justify why it's not that bad. Like, well, she she was looking sexy, though. That outfit. Like, okay, y'all got to chill, man. Like, she she does STDs great. Like, you know, there's no, you know, fuck that shit. And, it, that's, what, and that's what makes me not like her. And it's not, it has nothing to do with her. Like, it's not like I look at Beyonce like, oh, she makes shitty music consistently. Or Beyonce can't dance. Or I Beyonce mean, can't sing. I, None of that shit is true. Beyonce can dance. She can sing. She generally makes good songs. But, like, her fans are so fucking dumb. Like, like that's right. the problem. Like they're, I, like, they're so obsessed with her that, like, all logic and sound and and anything, is it just doesn't compute. And they just say, like, Beyonce, great. Beyonce, great. And they're out here like, oh, Beyonce tickets cost $1,300. Well, and they rationalize why they should pay for it. Like, oh, well, it's worth going because blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and Seven Eleven is shitty. Is like yeah. The worst I don't know. Ever. It's like I, I, I think the 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 word that perfectly describes my relationship with Beyonce music is indifferent. Like oh yeah, you know it's like yeah. Isn't I don't dislike her, but I'm not in love with her. Like you know yeah. I don't I don't have to hear I don't have to hear another Beyonce song ever in life. And things would be great. There would be right. no no skips in the, you know. But in, you don't in, need to. You don't. But you don't wish there were no Beyonce. So it's like, right? It's not like you don't like her. Like, oh, I wish Beyonce never existed, or I don't ever want to hear Beyonce song. Like that doesn't apply either. It's just like, like you said, indifferent. Like, yeah, I could do with it. I could do with her. I could do without her. Whatever. Yeah, but her fans are fucking nuts. It's, I mean, they it, are, and it's so so fucking irritating. So irritating, but. I don't know, man. If you want to spend thirteen hundred dollars on tickets? By all means, do you? Beyonce could start a concentration camp, and they would be like, "Oh, like, for it. like, well, them Jews, man." Like, I'm, I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to get, get sprayed with water. Uh, let's, let's go, you know, in the name of Beyonce. Gas chambers, shit, yes, bitch. Gas them Jews, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is so terrible. I could, it's not terrible because that's what they will fucking do. I am a hundred percent positive that if Beyonce found a way to gas Jews. Like her fans will find a way to rationalize it being okay. If they can rationalize Seven Eleven being a good song, they can rationalize Killing Jews. I believe that hundred percent. They would do it. They're shitty. They're horrible people, and I believe it. This was supposed to be your Beyonce rant. Why is it no? Not? But I, I think you, you actually had a you had a, you had a far decent um, far decent rant. So I could appreciate it. Um, I don't know. Her fans just kind of got on my nerves, but. She doesn't really bother. Like I say, she doesn't bother me much at all. Yeah, um, no, she's fine. But she, except that Seven Eleven song. But she's fine outside of that. I just like the kind. Of, the video is kind of dope. Yeah, just seeing yeah. random TNA just. Well, what was it that? Just just woman period. I can't. I put my foot up. My foot up. My foot's over here. Now it's over there. Now my foot is twisting. This is like the, no. I, is that that's, is that literal lyrics? No, but it's close. Oh, okay. I was like, how do you know so much? Oh, I'm no, so- I, it was something. I 
put my foot up, my foot up, my hand, and now my foot's up. So, uh, it's this basically the idea of it. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing. I'm doing a song about here. Okay, I, I, mean, I can hear that part. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like I said, it's like a it's the hokey pokey, but worse. Because the hokey pokey is is just it's just casual. It's just meant to like, hey, I put, put your left foot in, put your right foot out, whatever. It's like it's the hokey pokey is what it is, but that shit is meant to be an actual. Like actual legitimate song, but it's still the hokey pokey, so it's worse. Oh god, I hate her for making that song. Like I, I don't, I like I never had any problem with Beyonce before that song, but that song drives me crazy. It's so, it's so insufferably bad, but widely accepted as dope, even by people who could say like I remember when that shit first dropped and they talked about it on the read. They're like, this song's not that good, but. I don't know. I still like it. Like it makes me dance. Like it, it makes me feel a kind of way. Like yes, like, bitch. Like, how? like okay, wait. Did you just literally go from it's not that good to yes, bitch? Like <sighs> you have to find a way. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I feel like she can make a song about I don't know anything. Anything she can make a song about pedophilia and they find a way. Fuck sure, those kids, bitch. Fuck them. Yeah. I sure hope. She would find a way. I sure hope hope not. They find a way. <laughs> she could do anything. They'll find a way. Yeah. <sighs> well, I think that's enough, me crazy. I think that's enough ranting for today. I think so too. Um. Yeah. So uh, we covered a a little, a lot. Are we naming this episode "Fuck Beyonce"? I don't think we should. I feel like. I feel like we'd be in over our heads with that one. Yeah, I don't think they come back either. to bite us. Yeah, I don't think we. Did. We don't want the beehive. If you listen rat. to this point, at this point, you probably figured out that we didn't name it that. But because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work out for us, so we 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 we'll figure out something cool by the morning. And, uh, <laughs> we don't have enough fans to uh we don't, we for, to, to really right have make that have an impact anyway. Every every comment on our. Uh, a SoundCloud page gonna be SoundCloud page is gonna be Bumblebee I, uh, emojis and shit. <laughs> like I'm not ready for that. That, that. I'm not ready for that. So no, we we won't do that. That would be hilarious. We won't do that. But um, fuck Beyonce. As always, uh, <laughs> as we end, uh, our questions, concerns, things of that nature. If you have any questions, you can email us at whatupthepodcast at gmail. Beyonce's or pussy smell like spam. you can. Uh, <laughs> You can tweet our uh, Twitter page or whatever though at Twitter or our individuals. Blame Otis Beyonce or feet. Michael underscore Aaron or our Facebook page, which is rarely used. Um, it is rarely, rarely used. We get five views every time we post. Sweet. That's it. Out of like 100 people who liked it. Nickel. But whatever. We'll uh, be back for 81 next week. Is there? Um, until the end. Peace out. Yeah, peace. Peace.